It's beer o'clock, so it's time for Drunken Time Travel. I'm your host. Irish Gav, and I'm your host. English Gav. If you want to contact us about this show, or anything else, you can uh, reach us at drunkentimetravel at gmail.com. Or on Twitter at Drunk Time Travel. Or at Facebook, on Facebook. So this is the faceless ones, or is it also known the one with the faceless ones? Or the ones without the face. Our official tedious link beard this week. Do you want to tell the lovely listeners what it is? It is called Build a Rocket, boys. Mm. And we will tell you all about that later in the show. Later, indeed. So, Cap, I, 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 uh, I've been told that recently mm. you forgot what evolution was. Ah. <laughs> As Dave been now. Uh... Yes. <laughs> you got Go quite on. drunk and you forgot how evolution worked. I can't remember what that was about. Because <laughs> I was drunk. Yes. Apparently you thought that the monkeys that evolved into people were still around or something. Do you have any comment? Did I say Did that? you have any comment about that? Did I really did, did, say Do you have any comment about that science cut? If, if I said that, I was just being a cunt. <laughs> because obviously they are not. Just thought I'd, uh, you know... Dave texted me about it the other day, so I said, that's going in the show. That's a shout out to Dave there. I remember some sort of drunken conversation. Let's call it conversation, you know. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what it was on about, but we ended his, we ended his stalemate, I think. <laughs> he was drunk as well, though. A drunken stalemate. Because I, th- I think I uh, explained my drunken ramblings reasonably well. But this is exactly how... I can't remember <laughs> what it was, but... This is how Charles Darwin started with his evolution theory. Him and his mates were out a night out drinking. You know, we've lost to South America mm. now. Not South America. We lost them ages ago. Where are they now? It's continental drift. Don't you keep up to date with these things? They've moved point zero 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 one of a millimetre since we were last show. Gonna have to redraw all the maps. All the maps. Anyway, so, Gav. What? Are you are you tired of this banter already? Yes. Do you want to hear about my some kind of synopsis? I would love to hear about your synopsis of some sort of kind. The some kind of synopsis that we still don't know what your note meant. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best kind of note. The one with the faceless ones, episode one. The TARDIS, always picking the safest places to go, lands on the runway at Gadwick Airport in front of an incoming aeroplane. Narrowly avoiding a crash, the four travellers, for there are four, already familiar with the Doctor Who structure, split up. Polly hides in a hangar for comedian tours who focus on 18-25-year-olds like the WB network, but for tour operators. She witnesses a man being killed by a pilot with a ray gun. When he disappears into a chamber with futuristic equipment, an alarm goes off, but Polly escapes and finds the Doctor and Jamie. She tells them of her exciting adventure. It's no Daleks, but the Doctor's bored with duty-free, so asks that she show him the body. The two sinister comedian pilots find out the body is Detective Inspector Gascoigne. They exit stage left, just as three com- companions turn up. Unfortunately, there's no bear. The Doctor finds the body has in fact been electrocuted. As they go to find someone to tell, Polly is knocked unconscious by the killer, Spencer. She's questioned, but she knows nothing. Speaking of, Doctor and Jamie arrive at customs, but can't get past the officer Jenkins, who eventually takes them to the Commandant for having no passports. 
Ben finds a chameleon hanger but manages to escape the evil Captain Blaze. The Commandant is sceptical of the Doctor, but thanks to his horoscope this morning, decides to follow him to the hangar, where, shock horror, the body is missing. Blade, meanwhile, opens a fridge and a scaly kebab-like arm is seen. So many scales. Back at customs, Jamie and the Doctor see Polly arriving, but she denies she knows them. Somewhere a cock crows. The two pilots, meanwhile, take the disguised kebab creature through the airport to the medical centre. Moral of this episode is... You may think you know where kebab meat comes from. You don't. And I don't care. It tastes nice. You know, the funny thing about it is, as I've written that, and I thought, right, he's going to say, I don't care. <laughs> so I have to come up, come up with something to say in response to that. <laughs> but I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> Episode 2. The full Polly says she's from Zurich and it's her first visit to England. All with a posh English accent. As the police arrive, the doctor and Jamie Scarper. I like the word scarf. In the medical centre, Meadows, an aircraft controller, lies on a bed with a kebab creature next to him. Yeah, I like that image, but I didn't really know what to say to it. Okay. <laughs> Nurse Pinto, with the help of a futuristic machine, turns the kebab creature into Meadows. David Copperfield whipped. Ben and the Doctor see full Polly, and despite denying everything, speaks of a shooting only Polly saw. She's as good as the regular one, then. After they leave, Fopoli is told to get on the next flight for their base. At the kiosk, Jamie, while keeping watch, sees Samantha Briggs, a woman whose brother has recently gone missing. She argues with Fopoli, but gets nowhere. Imagine how we feel. Ben finds the real Polly in a trance at the hangar before Spencer attacks him with a freezing device in the shape of a pen. Crossland, another detective inspector, arrives at the airport looking for Gascoigne. Meanwhile, at the chaos, Samantha and Jamie flirt while he wonders where the poly is. Three sons must have been invented in the 18th century. Having made his way to the hangar, the Doctor finds one of the pen devices. Meanwhile, more flirting. The Doctor finds the body of Meadows in a trance. He's led into the room where the temperature plummets. The moral of this episode is, Scotland Yard have an unlimited supply of detective inspectors. Episode 3. The Doctor does the old pretend me dead and Spencer goes into the room to check on him. The Doctor freezes him with the pen. Blade later finds Spencer and wants him to kill the Doctor. Back with Jamie and Samantha, celebrity couple Jamantha, they meet Crossland and identify the dead man as Gascoigne. Jamantha go to the hangar, while Crossland and the Doctor tell the commander about the man in the, in the coma. They also mention chameleon tours being a front for the abduction of young people, and that a race of lizard people rule the earth. The commandant thinks it's all ridiculous, well except for the lizard people. So the Doctor demonstrates on Meadows' duplicate, who runs away like a little child. Due to this overwhelming evidence, the Doctor is given the run of the airport to investigate. Things I can't see happening in the new series, number 574. Crossman goes to speak to Blade on the airplane when he's clamped into a chair in the cockpit, just as the plane takes off. That's number 575. At the hangar, the Doctor and Jamantha find the hidden high-tech room, which wasn't very well hidden. They see the medical centre on a monitor. As they go there, Spencer appears before them with a ray gun. Back on the plane, the Punishers... Back on the... Punishers. The Punishers. My favourite web series. (laughs) Back on the plane, the passengers vanish into thin air. The moral of this episode is, air gets very self-conscious about its weight. Be more considerate. Episode 4. Jamantha gets the gun and hilarity ensues. No way, a fight ensues. 
Spencer freezes them on the floor with his spare and sets up a laser beam to cut them in twain. Meanwhile, a duplicate is made of Jenkins. Using one of Jamantha's mirrors in true Superman II fashion, they reflect the laser on itself. The doctor and J Jamie go to the medical centre with Jamie pretending to look sick. Afterwards, Samantha keeps watch on the kiosk. Nurse Pinata is sceptical and won't let them go to the x-ray room. Commandant's assistant Jean Rock finds out that Crossland is missing and that the comedian tours only ever pick up passengers from airports. They never deliver them. Insert airline here. The doctor speaks to her before sending Jamie to keep an eye on Samantha. Who's keeping an eye on the kiosk? Somewhere a Russian doll explodes. Jean Rock faints and Nurse Pinstripe is brought to see her. While this is happening, the doctor sneaks into the medical centre and steals some armbands. Armbands are cool. Samantha is going on the next chameleon flight, but Jamie steals her ticket. Jean makes a miraculous recovery, almost as if she was faking the whole time. Samantha tries to get on the flight anyway, but Jenkins pulls a ray gun on her. Raymond Chandler would love this story. On the plane, Jamie runs to the toilet to be sick while her RAF fighter plane follows the plane and is attacked by a laser beam. The plane then transforms into a rocket and flies into space. No, really. The moral of this episode is Doctor Who invented Transformers. Official. Episode 5. The space plane docks with a satellite and Blade and the crew get off. Jamie gets off and in the storeroom he finds mini humans in the drawer. I wonder if they're in mint condition. One of the crew finds him with a ray gun, of course, and Jamie is captured. At air traffic control, Meadows is asked to roll up his sleeve. He tries to escape, but they eventually see he's wearing an armband too. Meadows becomes Mr. Exposition and reveals a cat catastrophe befell his planet, stealing their identities, so it's only fair they steal others. Well, that is fair. Anyway, the originals of the duplicates are somewhere in the airport. Nurse White Stripes is in charge of the change process. She's captured, Samantha's released, and the real nurse is released. On the satellite, Crossland releases Jamie and asks him about the doctor. Suspicious Jamie is suspicious and finds out that the director is using Crossland as a duplicate. The doctor and Nurse Whitehole pretend they are duplicates and manage to get to the satellite. The doctor and Nurse Whitehole pretend they are duplicates and manage to get to the satellite. Just kidding. Blade declares them imposters and they're surrounded by kebab people. The moral of this episode is the story's cliffhanger is Gaz's dream. Mm. Episode 6. The Commandant closes the airport and orders a search for the originals. Not finding the 1960s Motown act, they decide to look for airport staff instead. <laughs> On the satellite, the Doctor meets the Director and foe Jamie. The Doctor is about to be processed, but he mentions about the Director being safe as his duplicate is on the satellite, while the others have theirs at the airport. He claims that they've been found too. Blade contacts the airport, and the Commandant bluffs too until they've been found. The Doctor breaks the machine, exploding it. As Jenkins starts to process the Doctor with another, he disappears. They've found the duplicates. Blade points his ray gun. Take a drink, everyone. But this time at the director, because he wants out of the story. No, wait, not that director. The two sides negotiate as long as the humans are released, the kebab people are guaranteed to live. Until Gal finds them. On the satellite, the Doctor finds Ben and Polly again. Oh, those guys. Remember them? No, me neither. Jamie and Samantha say an awkward goodbye. Don't worry, they'll meet again. <coughs> ben and Polly leave. It's like they were never here. Especially for the last few episodes. But never mind, the TARDIS is missing! The moral of this episode is I lied. Jamie and Samantha never see each other again. You can't just lie during a synopsis. 
Because <laughs> we've never done that before. <laughs> I've never was, done that. There's no such thing as William Martin was the doctor. <laughs> All my synopsizing has been the 100% truth, and nobody can prove otherwise. Can't they? No. Okay. Because all episodes have been deleted. <laughs> Did you delete them so no one could prove otherwise? <laughs> yes. So the chameleon alien type things then? Yes, the the, the bad guy people things. Is that what we call them? Yep. Yeah. Do you have any the thoughts? bad guy people things. Do you have any thoughts on that, Gav? Yes, I do. I particularly like the uh, the the director guy at the the end. Who was who took Crossland's body? Did he? Yes. I, I can't. The, they the took Scottish all sorts guy, of people. The Scottish guy yeah. that wasn't Jamie. <laughs> yeah, but when when he was a uh, when he when Jamie had gone on to the ship, right? Gone on to the ship. Yeah. Gone on to the ship. <laughs> and he'd hidden in the toilet, and he didn't get miniaturized because he'd hidden in the toilet. Yes, that's that genius idea. Yes, I'm sure that's down there. So, and so he comes out to meet him and he finds the one lone passenger that hasn't been miniaturised and captured. Oh, oh, there's somebody here. Why haven't you been captured yet? It was just the most polite conversation <laughs> between them. It was pretty awesome. Did, did you not eat the poison food? No, I didn't. Oh, that would be why you haven't fallen <laughs> dead then. Oh, ah. oh I'll have to watch out on my clipboard. <sighs> File, file a near miss report. Can <laughs> these reports there? <laughs> Look what I'm telling. <laughs> anyway, as it turns out, we're going to have to get you to eat this food now. But it's poisoned. I'm afraid that's how it goes. And so on and so on. And so on and so on. I do like 10 minutes into the entire story, and the, they'd already realised the doctor was a threat. <laughs> They're doing a lot better than most of the other aliens. Mm. It it does sort of almost back up the claim that they're the most intelligent species, aren't they? Well, they did claim that. A lot of aliens claim And that. it only took them ten minutes to realise that. The Doctor was a threat, and then it took them the mm. rest of the stories in true bundling fashion to try and kill him. But apparently they left all their doubles back at the airport when they flew away, where they are vulnerable. That's not... It's not very good planning from the most intelligent species in the planet. Well, the director was fine with that because his people was with him. He doesn't give a fuck about the rest of them anyway. But surely there's strength in numbers. Surely the director would have realised this. Or is he just out for pure selfish glory? Yes. Yes, okay. So the whole reason for this is because the species is dying out. Yes, apparently. I heard that. But the, their solution to this is Pinch another species. Uh, yeah, humans is the one they choose. I, I really couldn't they have chosen Sontarans or something. Like that? Yeah, I really, I really don't get the whole point of this story. To be honest, you don't get it. Why? Do you know? Well, well, they said their species are dying out. No, they're not dying out. They just all look the same now, and they don't like that. Whole I thing. thought they said they were dying out. Well, their whole identity thing's been taken, so they won't, and that's why they're dying out. Because they've no identity, and so, so then they said they've developed a technology where they can like take humans. on another species' identity. Yeah. So they chose humans. What? Well, Why do you not think humans are great? The humans are cons. 
We're the biggest cunts on the planet. Yeah, it was like that science thing we were watching the other day about mammoths and set up. But mammoths have an even bigger uh, predator. I said, oh, you mean man? And they were all, they were all uh, trying to be all mysterious about you mean man. Yeah. And they were all, uh, but it's, this is, it's man. Just say it's man. Yeah. <laughs> Don't try to be mysterious. We all yeah. know it's man. Yes. Don't show us like really fancy pictures of the knee and the <laughs> elbow and the back of the skull. But it, is, it turned out to be a Neanderthal. So I mean, uh, it's still but, man. But it's still man. We still will. We we're are not, still cunts. We're cunt. not I am. You're a Neanderthal. I, I am. I, I'm saying I am. But you're. But I've I was not, reading, I was reading tested, today, so I don't know. I was reading today that Neanderthals wouldn't be able to handle social networks. You're on it every single day playing Avengers or whatever it is. By myself. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. Ah, yes. Yeah, I, I also see. They have the raw state chameleons, and then they made a new chameleon. When, when, when they made a new copy. When they made when they copied something else, a, a, a fresh copy, yeah. Yeah. So they copied you into a comedian. Yes. Yeah. And and then they test it, and the speech is all wrong. And they just turn a dial on their cufflink, and then it turns all right again. Yeah. Are you wanting that dial? Are you wanting to be able to do that? I can speak perfectly fine. All right, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but why? But why can't they make them t- talking fine to start with? And why, and why, why do they and always why, have to turn a button? <laughs> when Jamie, you know, had a Scottish accent and he became a comedian, did they just did they just think, well, that sounds all right, we'll just stop it there? <laughs> <laughs> Both Scottish people didn't sound Scottish after it. It was hot. It was a bit hot. See, I love the bit, and I love this with all alien things, when you get mm. the aliens doing mundane jobs. Because you had the, the plane, rocket plane type thing got on the satellite, and then you had a couple of the comedian aliens come on and like tidy up the luggage and stuff. It just seems these aliens have this huge overarching evil plan, and then you've got a couple of them. Right, your job is to go on the plane and tidy it up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I'm punishment data. <laughs> what? It's like it's, it's even better when it's Daleks. Doing mundane <laughs> things. Off to clean the toilet. Why do I always get that job? Do Daleks have toilets? How do how do Daleks go to the toilets? They don't. Anyway, we can discuss this next time. Yes, we can. It's, it's the Daleks Possibly. next. It's the but last, are, are they going the la- to go the to the last, toilet next time? The last Dalek story for years. Are they, are they extinct? They're pretty much. The, the well, Dalek. we'll find out next week. But I mean, it's, it's the last Dalek story next time until the third Doctor. Is it like the last Cyberman story? No, there's, there's another Cyberman yeah. story. Of course, they don't exist, so there isn't. Yes, uh, and uh, and going back to what I was saying earlier about why they're the most intelligent species in the universe. So they they had a they ran out of space. They said their operation was far too successful. They captured too many humans than they had space for and planned for. Mm-hmm. So instead of just stopping the operation, now nah, we'll just capture a few more and we'll run out of space. And then they're going to tell you, well, we've run out of space, so we've had to store the uh, excess in the uh, living quarters. You're going to have to sleep in corridor now or something. They're just greedy. It's like Enron. Yeah. See, we've done politics now, not ethics. What's Enron? 
It was some kind of company that went bust in America a few years ago, and there was a big scandal. A bit like BCCI in the in the UK in the eighties or nineties. That means nothing to me. It means nothing to me. Oh, Vietnam. Yeah, and then they, they made the cabin <coughs> empty. Well, the cabin in it was empty because you know when they changed. Uh, apart sleep, from the few guys sleeping in down coming down. Yeah. Of, of the plane, but they, they turned they turned the plane, but basically um, involved the plane wings moving back and turning into a rocket type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can only assume. The, the plane, the, 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 plane the, the, wings, the wings concertinaed? The, the wings came... No, I think the wings actually came back and crushed everyone that were in the cabin, so that's why there was no one left. Maybe they ducked. Is that how Jamie escaped? Yeah. He ducked. He, du- he, he ducked. ducked and no one else did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened, he ducked. But he went... It was in the toilet and he dropped a piece of toilet paper just at the time as the wings came off his head when he went to pick it up. So basically, the thing is, they this isn't part of the podcast. They they had special food that everyone had to eat, and then they would go and they, they go tiny. So what happens if you know how on planes they have, uh, well, you know they, they have to eat the food and then go tiny or whatever it is. What happens or eat me? It's a bit Lewis Carroll, but never mind. On planes they have like the vegetarian and and fish option and things like that. Mm. What happens if some, they didn't put the poison in the vegetarian option or something? Or someone just doesn't eat their food. I haven't really thought this through, this plan. Maybe. And I refuse to believe Jimmy is the first person not well, to eat the food. Well, well, obviously, if they don't no account for airplane. people sat in the toilet. No, no one eats airline food. What's wrong with airline food? I airline a, food I, is... I have a problem with 60% of airline food. Airline food's nice. Not the one I had on the way back from Italy. Liquidised chicken and curry sauce. In a, in a pastry thing. Well, I have never had a problem with airline food at all. It's because you're always drunk when you're on plane. Always drunk. <laughs> I'm sometimes sober. But Virgin were Virgin, uh, you know the company, were a bit annoyed because mm. they uh, they thought they were going to be the first space plane. Yeah, they paid a lot of money for that. Yeah, they? and then they find all these comedians to do first. Mm-hmm. But they killed people as well. Also, through Virgin? Yeah. Oh, so the, the the plane to rocket thing is a lot better than the. Please don't sue us. The, what? Please don't sue us. <laughs> it's a bit late for that. Uh, the plane the plane to to rocket thing was a bit better than uh, the plane to helicopter in Musk. General Mayhem had. Some How kind dare of, you? Had some. Do you remember that? Had yes. some kind of plane to helicopter thing, which just seems completely pointless to me. I'm going to change there, this plane into a helicopter. There's more maneuverability. I can still fly. There's more maneuverability. Are you saying a pl- being a rocket instead of a helicopter is not better? It depends on the situation. I want to go into space. Then don't be a helicopter. Yes, I rest my case. But if you don't want to go in space, why if, would you not? If you want to turn left, why would you uh, be an helicopter? Want, if you want to turn left, just friggin' turn left. You're a plane. But it would take you like a circle of like quarter of a mile to turn left. What kind of plane are you thinking of? A big one. I bet you are. Not, also, one, not one that you shorten doors with. Also, the Chameleon Tours, their uh, their logo. Not a chameleon. A lizard chameleon. So you can tell us all about it next week. <laughs> but my that. point is, it's not the greatest logo, is it? In fact, the whole enterprise doesn't seem the best idea ever. 
See, they should what have kind got... of focus group did they run? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And did they, they, they obviously did they, didn't did get they miniature... Vishal to do it for them. <laughs> no, this is the point. And did they miniaturise everyone in the focus group? <laughs> they probably ate everybody on the focus group. This is not V. I know it's not. Oh. They they ate minutes. Blade was the captain of the of the comedians. He was another terribly English villain. And also off of Marvel. Off of what? Marvel. Different guy. Different oh, different guy. Right. This this guy only killed white vampires. It, this this is starting to make a bit more sense to me now. Is that really? <laughs> But though I did like how reasonable he was at the end of the thing. Well, it it was destroyed. Well, it wasn't destroyed. No, no. It was beaten. That's not a lie. <laughs> but the doctor was like, "Well, we'll get to that." But he's just like, "Yeah, you killed you ki- you've killed at least one person. But that's fine. We'll put you under SETI Alpha Five. <laughs> it was a stalemate. So Samantha Briggs, Jamie's girlfriend. She was due to become a companion, but turned it down. So you said, yes. But I'm quite uh, quite happy about that. Yeah, I thought she could have made a good companion. Did you think she could have made a com- good companion? What was yes. it about her? Was it a cake on the head or a slightly melodramatic, <laughs> they can only murder me? I thought she got on really well with Jamie. And she... Yeah, because her brothers were missing, but sure, she still hit on Jamie. Yeah, but, but she she really wanted to... Get into into the adventure <laughs> and yes. do things. That's she, what they called it back then. She was really pushing to find things out and get on with the story, if you like. Did, did you write that? I realise. <laughs> One of the notes Gav has made is actress. I think he thinks we're playing reverse crossword. <laughs> <laughs> We're not just. This isn't the source. <laughs> Is it now? <laughs> I think you've forgotten how to do this. She did go on to, to go on to play uh, Queen Victoria in the new series. I can say that. No, she annoyed me. I can say that. I didn't think she was that great of an actress. Oh, is that what you meant? Yeah. Oh. She was all right. I, I couldn't. No, I didn't like her. Victor, although I'm not, I, 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 I don't think I'm a mm. big fan of Victoria, who will be the uh, companion next mm. story. Mm. But, uh, Can we just hurry up and get to Zoe? Yeah, yeah. Although, if looking mm. back, I don't think we've lacked any companion so far. Well, I, I thought she was okay. She she wasn't the greatest actress out there, but I thought as a character she worked well with Jamie and and what she did. Speaking of Jamie, during a time on this episode. Speaking of Jamie, then <coughs> he was yes. awesome in this. Jamie was good in this. Uh-huh. <laughs> Finally, he was a source of comedy. Him and the Doctor are such mm. good friends, and they and they and they just works together well in comedy. And they barely noticed Polly was missing because <laughs> they were too busy <laughs> making jokes with each. But then J- Jamie called the uh, aircraft mm. flying beasties, which was great. Oh, it was fantastic. I love them. <laughs> Did the flying beasties get you? <laughs> <laughs> and then he talks, and then he said, one point, one point he said, murder, like he was taggered. Murder. And then there was a little bit where he hid behind an upside down newspaper to pretend he was reading it. Yeah, just another moment in the comedy spectacle that is this uh, episode. Episode, yes. <laughs> 
Yeah, they, they were all hiding behind newspapers, weren't they? And Jamie had his upside down. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't like flying, but that's because he hid in the toilet. But that's all. I mean, mm. to, that, that's fair. If you well, move forward three hundred years, two hundred. Mm. If, if you're going like to get flying. miniaturized while flying, I don't blame him. Yeah. He, he, has, he, he doesn't have great taste in women, but it, that is a small sample size. That to be fair. What is the sample size? One. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> One plus or minus five percent. He also loses his accent when he becomes uh, full Jamie. Which seems to be a, a recurring thing. For Ben lost his accent. No, not in this one. Yeah, in the macro one. Yeah. There's no such thing as macro! You are listening to Drunken Time Travel. It is quarter past the hour. It's time for Beer and Blood. So so we chose this beer because the plane turns into a rocket and this is called yes. Builder Rocket Boys. And it's created Fitz by the, it's created by the band Elbow. Indeed it is ill. How are you finding the uh, beer so far? Are you finding it a golden ale with a rich rounded body? I'm I'm drinking that and I cannot disagree with that description. It's alright. I I have nothing bad to sound. I could Readily drink this all day, and you may help shall. <coughs> and what you may help shall. I may help shall. I'm not going to get any the uh, fruity aroma. But yeah, apparently this is possibly one of the first beers that's actually brewed and handpicked by a band. I'm sure there have been others. There may have, but. Apparently, this is actually the first. They they actually sat down to tasting sessions. They sampled various styles of beer. And Culture Club did that fizzy beer once. Do you really want to burp me? Yes, but they, they actually sit down for tasting sessions and decide on the distinct flavour of it. Or they just say, uh, no, let's just mark it to beer in no, our name. No, it was a joke. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Fizzy beer, do you really want to burp me? It sounded a bit silly. <laughs> <laughs> sounded a bit silly. But yes, they sat down and uh, they developed and built this. Well, they didn't build it, but they developed the beer themselves to their specifications. Oh, that's they are big fun. beer fans themselves. So. And it's made by, uh, was it Robinson's? Tell me about Robinson's. They actually... I can't remember what year it is, but they won some uh, sort of prestigious award of best beer in the world at some day, <laughs> at some stage. Not probably the best beer in the world. No, because that is definitely not the best beer in the world. So uh, they work together and produce this. Excellent. A rich, rounded body, golden ale. Smooth bitterness, subtle tang of malt and fruity aroma. I would say it's a subtle um, fruity aroma with uh, lots of malt. I get the fruity bit. Fruity, fruity, fruity. But is it stick away? Yeah, I'm, I'm not thinking it is. No, it's not. It, it's a good beer that I could drink quite readily, and again, but, I'd be but, happy to oh, drink oh, it oh, again. But, 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 but do we need something more to be stick away? Uh, yeah. I don't think it quite passes the mark to be no, distinguished. The first one was yeah. sticker worthy. No, I don't think it's anywhere near that. Yeah, that that one was quite surprising. That had a bit something about it. This yeah, this, this is just a good beer. 
It's a good beer, but it's not sticker-worthy. It's all right. I wouldn't recommend it. I'd recommend it. Isn't that sticker-worthy at the top? No. It needs to it be ne- a bit more. Needs- or to have the drunken tangible name Yes. On. Back to the uh, episode. Yeah. The Doctor. Let's talk about what he's done. Yes, what did he do? Well, he used his intelligence and detecting skills in this one. I like that. By uh, working out what was going on. He did. He did. Yeah, it, it was... He, he, I like how he also tried to lead the other people into coming to the same conclusions as well. Well, I had to lead uh, the Commandant because he was a dick. Although I liked him. But yeah, but he did the same with Gene Rock. Mm. He was the, the Commandant's assistant. I did like that uh, he said at one point to the Commandant, how, how high can Aria planes go these days, fire planes go these days? And he says something like 10,000 feet. Oh, really? How futile. <laughs> how is that futile? <laughs> what does it mean? I mean, it's to do, I think it's more to do with the fighter planes, bollocks. The Doctor's never been one for mm-hmm. armies and crap. Unless we're talking about the third Doctor, but we'll get to him at some point. Mm. The Doctor's also apparently human, according to the comedians, because they said uh, him and someone mm. else were human. Yes. So they can't be that intelligent. Yeah, I, I think or, we could possibly forget whatever they say. Yeah, we can forget that, because yeah. yeah. the story writers haven't decided that. They, they obviously aren't that intelligent, given my uh, problems with uh, their intelligence that I highlighted earlier. There's a couple of good bits. He said... Uh, Jimmy and... They were only 99% accurate, those tests, anyway. Plus or minus 5%. I can't be plus, because I'll be 104%. Plus 1%, minus 4%. Uh, Ben and Polly left, and they said they wanted to go back to their own planet or people or whatever. And he says, uh, I've never been able to go back to my people. Mm. Oh, he will. And it'll be fun for all. Mm. And then he'll kill them. And then uh, after Jimmy, <laughs> I love this bit, after Jimmy, they'd released Jimmy after being full Jimmy. And mm. Jimmy was like, what happened? And the doctor says, I'll explain to you one day. Mm. You know, I never mind, I'll explain to you now exactly what happened. Mm. I'll explain to you one day. <laughs> yeah, he'll, no he always does it one day, <laughs> and then he never does it. <laughs> but yeah, I'd, th- this whole story, I'd, I'd just, I just thought it was... It was like the doctor was running around like a little child goes, but there's monsters, there's people doing this, and he's complaining to everybody like his parents are, but there's monsters and I saw them, and nobody would believe him. So you're saying this is like the doctor version of the boy who cried wolf? Yes. I am saying very much not. I see. But there was one. Except mm. there wasn't, but no, it's not really, because if there was the version of that, there would have to be no monsters to start with. Well, yeah. Because they weren't lying. He, he was actually telling the truth. So. He was. He was always But from the grown-up's point of view, he, lies. he was just lying all the time. Man. But it, it, it sort of did, like, get a little bit whiny. He got a little bit Are you saying the doctor got a little bit whiny? Yes. Why don't you believe me? He didn't quite say that, but... He let the bad guys bad guys go as well, and gave them help. Yes, he did. Yes. Which was bizarre, but I suppose very doctory. Yes, I know. <laughs> Too many six reasons for both. Okay, never mind. Yeah, and uh, I did like. Oh, did I really like it? I don't know. But 
I did notice he was is tampering with machines again. He really likes to tamper with machines behind his back. It's his favourite way of <laughs> of getting rid of bad guys or, or fucking up the plans. I'm just going to stand behind this to twiddle a few notes. Oh, look at that, it's exploding. <laughs> well, he is, he is awesome. There was, as we mentioned, a lot of comedy in this one. Yes, this this was a very comedy-filled episode. There was the uh, passport control scene, which we won't mention, because it's my quote. We we can mention it. No, we can let them listen to it later on. I've mentioned it. We we can mention it. We can I have mentioned explain it. it. We don't have to explain it. We've mentioned it. There are other things we can talk about. The greatest run scene ever, which is your quote. <laughs> yes. Hiding in the photo booth, we can talk about that. Yes. Was it three of them? Dr. Jamie and Ben yeah. were hiding in the photo booth, <laughs> and then whenever anyone pulled back the curtain, they all posed as if they were giving photos. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was, was just genius, a, a genius comedy scene, and the, just the faces that are pulled as well. <laughs> really great big smile on the face during a really serious conversation about the going to the aliens. <laughs> it's, good, it's a good thing you posed there, guy, for this for this podcast. It is. <laughs> are people subscribing to the video cast? Oh, we should do that. We should have to pay for that. <laughs> And what else is there? Well, there's the uh, there was a rubber ball. Ah, yes, there is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what was it towards the end of the episode when the what was it when the police were going to arrest the doctor, and he said something. If if you don't, I can't remember exactly <laughs> what it was. No? Yeah. But I'm I'm going to throw this and it will explode and kill you all. Yes. It's something like that. And then he just threw a rubber ball at him that just like bounced and somebody caught it and he ran <laughs> while they were just looking at the rubber ball. Because <laughs> they're idiots. But then there's the police inspector, Crossland, mm-hmm. who was quite willing to believe everything the doctor said for some reason. I just wonder, does he even care or is he even an inspector? Does he, <laughs> does he just come along for a little fun? I mean, he's quite happy to believe in ray guns and other planets apparently. Maybe he's seen it all before. I don't know. But then I, I, don't, I don't know what his background is. But it's probably... A, no, he has, he has no background. Um, but then there's one way... You see, there's a fine line in Doctor Who stories of uh, being believed by everyone. You know, when the, when the Doctor arrives and says this happens and people believe you. Or being arrested by people as soon as you leave the TARDIS. Both of which are slightly annoying. So I guess that's why they, the, the psychic paper was invented. So they could just get rid of that old malarkey. Mm. Which is quite a good invention, I think. Which we'll get to uh-huh. in about ten years. Yes, there is a whole plethora of marvellous, ingenious inventions in Doctor <coughs> Gene Rock. Great. Best name ever. Is it? I would say it's in the top 100 best name. Is it possibly the second best name ever? What's the best name ever? I reckon the best name of them might be uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Well, funny you should say that, Gav. For she is her, she is his mother. Wow. Obviously not the character, the actual person. Hmm. And do you have any more fascinating facts? I have another fascinating (laughs) fact. She also appeared with Blade, the actor who played Blade. 
Donald Simmons, I believe, is the not not the actual person. No, Blood. And another Doctor Who story, mm-hmm. which I believe you quite liked, um, featuring the Seventh <laughs> Doctor's first adventure, Time and the Running. Yeah. I think I only liked it out of spite, since I learned that everybody else hated it. I can, uh, I can see I that. I can, I can give you that. I will have to see how it comes around next time I see it. Oh, we'll get to it in many years' time. So I, I mm-hmm. like the TARDIS being on the runway. That was nice. And uh, but I didn't see mm. the commandant was like was like, thought the whole police box on the runway thing was quite incredulous. Which really is it that unbelievable? Yes. Why would there be one on the runway? Well, given the fact you're giving some random person free run of the airport, I'm not really surprised that that happened. Does it tend to happen a lot? It tends S- to. Happen somebody gets run. I'm going to drop a police box on you. Yeah. That'll teach you. Students, apparently. <laughs> Uh, and then the TARDIS was stolen at the end, which, yes. which will come into focus next episode. Yes, who Can you imagine has that? A thing, a thing. Yeah, we've already said the TARDIS in the next one. A thing. <laughs> <laughs> From one story, epistory into another. Mm. Yes, and continuity. I know. And, wow. And this was 20 years before the next generation, and they're non continuity. Mm. Yeah. Take that, John Luke Picard. Mm. Speaking <laughs> of which, listen to Post Atomic Horror podcast about <coughs> Star Trek, postatomichorror.com. Yes, please do. Do it. But not now. We're going to talk about Ben and Polly. For yes. they did leave. Indeed, that is what they did. And they and they arrived back amazingly on the same day they left. Yeah, how many times does that happen? Once. <laughs> Just once. <laughs> Uh, the guy who played Ben became a pub manager. I thought you'd like to know that guy. Ben became a pub manager. No, no, no. no. He, the guy that played him became a pub manager. Oh, right, the guy that, that played Ben. That actual guy that played him. <laughs> We're talking about reality for a second. I know it takes a lot to switch between the two for you. Yeah. <laughs> Is Doctor Who not reality then? Back to Doctor Who. According to Sarah Jane Adventures, Ben and Polly were married. And they ran some kind of Indian orphanage or something. Not a pub. No. I can see where this is confusing. No. This is getting hard. I did like how uh, Polly forgot what date it was as well. Well, she's only just arrived. I can understand that. Yeah, but but Ben told her what date it was, and then Ben had to tell her the significance of the date. Oh, she forgot the date that she left. Yeah. Yeah, Ben, ben told her, but it's July 20th, 1966, and Polly goes, and... That's the day we left. Polly goes, Burr? <laughs> <laughs> Polly, make coffee. <laughs> I had to get one last make coffee joke in. I did like the bit where Blade and the other guy were questioning Polly. Blade says, You will answer my she will answer my questions. A, a minute later mm. she says, We'll gain nothing by questioning her. <laughs> <laughs> Which one is it? Mm. It didn't take him long to realise, did it? No, no, no. Unless what he wanted to know was, how many sugars do you want in your coffee? What's your quote, Gav? See, my quote is this. Run. You're going to wait here until the superintendent of police arrives. Now, understand that. Ah, you're going to tell him about the dead body. Very sensible. No, I'm going to tell him about you. Put me through to Superintendent Reynolds, please. J.D., I 
don't think we're very welcome here. When I say run, we run. Hello, Super. Commandant. I've got a couple of illegal entrants here. Yes. Immigration, desk number five. Run! Commandant. Situation changed. They've just made a run for it. I'll give you their description. That's an awesome quote. I do think mine's better. I didn't actually uh, mean to uh, say run, then, Matt. <laughs> you just saw the words, so you'd say. <laughs> no, I, I just let, meant like run the clip, and I didn't realise how, how appropriate the call was. <laughs> I did think it was bloody hilarious when I heard it the first time. I think it works better as a reconstruction than an actual clip. <laughs> yes, you are right. Just because of the way they've got... <coughs> The doctor of them talking, and then they switch to the picture of the commandant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just like the offbeat way that the commandant reacts to <laughs> them running off. Yes, eh? never mind. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the situation changed. Seems like they run off. It is the greatest run scene in the whole of Doctor Who. So far. So far. I doubt it will be better, but we'll see. Uh, my quote is yes. Doctor and Jamie and their comedy comediness at the passport control pit. And it goes a little something thusly. Thus <laughs> <laughs> Copyright protected. We have to take thusly back. <laughs> Your passport, please. You don't understand. We, we have something important to report. Yes, sir. When you found your passport. The next one, please. What's a passport, Doctor? Some sort of official mumbo-jumbo. Look, we've just discovered a, a dead body out there. Did you hear me? Well, sir, if I were you, I'd inform the police. Then please tell me where we can find them. There's probably a policeman in the main concourse. And where is that? Through this door and turn to your left. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Come on, Tim. May I see your passport, <clears throat> sir? We neither of us have passports. Now, does that satisfy you? I think you must be mistaken, sir. You couldn't have got on the aircraft without passport. What aircraft? The one you arrived on, sir. We didn't arrive on an aircraft. Now, look here, sir. This joke's gone far enough. You know and I know that you must have arrived here on the last inbound flight, which was flight number 729 We're from Madrid. We're not talking about TARDIS. Oh. What, sir? It's a way we got here. You gentlemen wouldn't know anything about a police box, would you? It's just what I'm saying. We had... Oh. I really think that our mode of conveyance is irrelevant. The important thing is that we've discovered a dead body out there and we want to report it to someone in authority. Do you want, do you want to talk about that scene? It was very good, I thought so. Yes, it... There was a bit of visualness to it as well because every time mm. Jamie was talking about the TARDIS, the Doctor elbowed him to yeah. get him to shut up. <laughs> yeah, it, it was really early on, wasn't it? It really... It was like it, episode two. It, it set the scene of how the episode is going to go with... With the comedy and everything. I like that. Well done. Okay. What are your final thoughts on this story? Or should I just give you mine? This is an absolutely fantastic episode. I it was really funny. Uh, I thought the the pacing of the episode was really good. It, it kept you in suspense about what was actually happening. I agree. Even though it's six episodes long, I quite like this. There's some great comedy, mm -hmm. like you say, especially with the Doctor and Jamie. Mm -hmm. And uh, but I imagine I'll be saying that again. And it didn't feel like it dragged either. Like, you could see even like the early episodes sometimes do. Now. Mm. And this one just did not drag it. But you could see even this early on with Doctor and Jimmy. You can see the, 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 the just the chemistry between them, the comedy chemistry between them. But Jamie is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie is awesome, and you realise that this episode. 
So next time you're talking about comedians in the science one. Yes. Indeed. Is that, is, is, is that gonna be good enough? Is that gonna be interesting? Is it gonna be funny? Are we gonna have any emotions listening to it? No, it's <laughs> it is gonna be pure science. It's gonna be no comedy. So you can skip that one and move on <laughs> to <laughs> the next one kind of talking about the evil of the Daleks. Oh, are before. you doing the history for that one? I'm doing the history for that one. Oh, yes, I've got a synopsizing to do. Seven episodes. Is it seven episodes? Wow. I have seven episodes to synopsize. Looking forward to that, aren't you? Seven episodes. And uh, this episode's quote at the end comes from Douglas Adams' Life, the Universe, and Everything. And it goes thusly The guide says there is an art to flying, says Fox. Or rather a knack. The knack lies in learning how to throw yourself at the ground and miss. That sums up flying quite well. Happy sleep time, everybody. Happy sleep time. Detective Inspector Crossland? Well, this seems like an open and shut case. You were found with a body, along with pictures of you killing your victim... And your fingerprints all over the dagger. What do you have to say for yourself? Aliens made me do it. You don't expect to believe to believe that, do you? Do you think I'm naive? What aliens? Uh, the green ones. Well, that checks out. You're free to go. <laughs>